Hi, this is Tim, and my prayer is that this message will encourage and equip you to live like never before. Enjoy the message. My name is Preston Woody, and I'm part of the pastoral staff. And Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the life of my love. Dakota Woody is the love of my life. And I cannot wait. Are you guys ready to hear some good preaching in the house? Well, good. Then make sure you come back next week, because Dad will be back preaching. (laughs) Man, I'm happy to be alive. Um, I love Fort Worth. I love the weather today. It's supposed to be 81 degrees today. And today is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm, and you're in the house of God on Super Bowl Sunday. You definitely get extra pearls on your crown for that. And uh, when you get to heaven. So um, I'm excited about that. How many of you guys would say, hey, press and pastor, I'm the one. I'm pulling for the Patriots today. I'm pulling for the Patriots. Fantastic. A few of you. How many of you guys would say, all right, I'm pulling for the Rams. I'm a Rams fan. All right, a little bit more of you. How many of you guys would say, honestly, Preston, I don't even know who's in the Super Bowl. You know what? I just told you and you weren't listening literally two seconds ago, the Rams and the Patriots. So I hope you listen to the sermon better than what I just said. <laughs> well, Before you have a seat, touch two people and tell them God's going to do good things in you today. God's going to do good things in you today in Jesus' name. And touch the person who was your second choice and tell them you have a pretty good smile. Thank you, band. Jordan, that was fantastic. Nick, great job. Your shirt is really tight and it's great. Man, I love our worship team and... And I'm, uh, I'm excited to share and encourage with you. And this is one of the days where I'm going to be doing more so teaching than preaching. And I, this is the type of day where you're going to want to take some notes. Okay, this is something that I've uh, discovered about four or so years ago. And it's been burning inside me. And I've taught in different settings. But this is the first time that I get to actually preach it. And I'm just thrilled about it. And so for those of you who like headliners, here it is. Headliner is a healthy soul. A healthy soul. A healthy soul. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 3 John chapter 1, 3 John chapter 1, okay? And this is what we call, I like to call Grandpa John. Anyone ever heard of the disciple who Jesus loved? Um, it was a self-proclaimed title, but this is one that uh, spent most time with Jesus than believed to be of any other disciple. And this was the one disciple that went on and wasn't actually executed or, or put to, to death. And th- John, he's writing to a few churches. And John, he's, he's, he's lived a life. He's been through some things. And And John, we call him Grandpa John, he's writing to some churches that he's overseeing. The local church is exploding and expanding like never before. And John is writing in the twilight years of his life. And I think this text is so important because these are some of the final words that he ever speaks. So, and it's kind of like when, whenever we gather around in, in Thanksgiving and finally, you know, grandpa uh, would, would begin to speak, what happens is all of a sudden there's this hush and we're hanging on every single word. And this is what I like to think of, uh, of grandpa John and, and third John chapter one. He says to the elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, He's writing to Gaius. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. 
It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And he goes on to say and to talk about how John's reputation of how he loves is out amongst the church world. Uh, about how Gaius loves is out among the church world. Gaius is known and he's notable about how he treats others and how he is so consistently faithful. And I want to talk about for a moment what gets in the way. I wonder this question, what is getting in the way of you becoming everything God's created for you? What is getting in the way of you being and becoming everything God's created you to be? And oftentimes in life, right now in our culture, we are obsessed with a couple things. Life hacks and strategies. Life hacks and strategies. There's more podcasts than ever before. There's more books than ever before. There's more audiobooks than ever before. There's more material than ever before. Our culture is more educated than ever before. Then dare I say, the solution is not more strategies, but rather health. What if what's getting in the way is not a good strategy, but you having the health to be able to live out what God's placed in front of you? Gaius had discovered this secret. Gaius is known and he's notable for consistently walking in the truth. He says, I pray that all may go well with you. Okay, externally everything goes well as your soul is getting along well. Everybody say your soul. As your soul is getting along well. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go from the very end. So this is towards the end of all the scriptures. And we're going to go to the very beginning. So go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And, and I'm going to share with you something that I believe God set up as a miraculous design for our health. Now Gaius, his ministry prospered. Okay? And therefore, and here's what I'm pulling from this, all right, and, and Gaius was notable for his soul prospering. His soul prospered, his ministry, ministry prospered. And here's the saying, and what we're going to pull from this, where your soul goes, your ministry and life will follow. Where your soul goes, your ministry and your life will follow. Will you pray with me for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you for your grace that we didn't deserve. We thank you for a day that we didn't deserve, but you gave it to us anyway. And God, I pray that in these brief moments that you would lift the hearts of the discouraged and by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would speak. That it wouldn't be my words, but it would be your words speaking and piercing the hearts of people. God, I pray for encouragement, edification, and God, for people to leave here changed in Jesus' name. And it's all for your glory. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. So recently was mar- got married, and it was about four months ago, and, and I've been having the time of my life, but what's interesting is I married a pediatric nurse. And, and, I, and the other day, I was having some issue with, uh, with, with uh, congestion and, and that type of thing, and, and, and Dakota said, hey, I'm gonna, what you need to do is you need to like squirt this stuff up your nose and then all of a sudden it like clears it up. 
And I'm like, honestly, I'm not, I'm the type of guy, like, I don't really like eye drops. I don't like ear drops. I don't like nose drops. Like, I don't like anything being shoved or whatever in my face. And, and so, and so she says, well, just let me do it. I was like, no, I can do it. She goes, no, no, let me do it. And I'm like, of, of course, you're the nurse. I'll, I'll let you do it. And so she takes what's called um, Afrin. Anyone ever heard of Afrin? Oh, yeah. All right. So I've never heard of it until like the other day. And, and she, she takes it and, and we're in the bathroom and, 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 and all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm just totally trusting. My heart is open and vulnerable. And, and she, she shoves it up my nose, but not gently, but with force. And all of a sudden, my head jerks back. And as she, sp- and all of a sudden, Afrin comes spraying into my eye. And, and, I'm, and I'm blinking and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't like fall to the ground like, babe, what the heck? And then I look up and then she's crying out of laughter. And, uh, and, and she's like, you're the biggest baby I've ever nursed. And I'm like, baby squirt Afrin in my eye. There's chemicals. We got to go to the hospital. And she's like, I'm a nurse. And, and, uh, and I'm like, I remember back in the days when I was sick with mom. And all of a sudden I had a hurt toe and mom would be like, Oh, mi corazón. And mom had a remedy for life. She had a remedy that would take care of any sickness, any ailment, any difficulty. And I'm sure some of you know who it was. And it was passed down from my Hispanic grandma to my Hispanic mama. And here it is, Vicks Vapor Rub. How many of you know about some Vicks Vapor Rub? Oh, my word. Anytime my brothers and I had an issue, a fever, Vicks Vapor Rub, sore throat, Vicks Vapor Rub, hurt toe, Vicks Vapor Rub, broke up with your girlfriend, Vicks Vapor Rub. Vicks Vapor Rub was the remedy for life. It was the solution and it was the life hack. But I'm here to say that that solution and life hack was always temporary. It always numbed what was on the surface, but it never could really get to the core of what was going on. And I want to talk to us today about our soul. And here's what our soul is, okay? We have three parts as a human being. We're made up of three parts. And if you want to draw a circle, okay, one big circle, and then to draw another circle within it, if you're taking notes. And on the external, we have our body, which is, which is compassing of our five senses, sound, sight, touch, taste, smell, everything that we experience externally. Most of the world, most of us, we stop here, what we can experience on the outside. But I'm going to talk about something that's a little bit more important that's on the inside, and that is your soul. What is your soul? Your soul is who you are on the inside. Your soul, it's made up of your emotions and your mind and your will. Three parts. Your mind and your emotions and your will. What is your mind? And, and here's how your soul is affected. Here's what happens. So oftentimes we experience something with our five senses and it comes in and we have a thought in our what? In our mind. Okay. And all of a sudden thoughts begin to process in our mind. Depending on if we whine and dine the thought, it can stay or we can shift it. And if we dwell on it long enough, okay, then eventually it becomes what? An emotion. Your thoughts will become an emotions. And what you feel long enough will eventually become an action, okay? What you experience can determine what you think. What you think 
can determine what you feel. What you feel can determine what you do, and what you do will determine your destiny. And I want to ask you the question, how healthy is your soul? How healthy is your soul? The other day, I was drinking, uh, I was drinking coffee, and, and I left it on my desk, and, and, I, and I left, and I came back over the weekend, and, and, I, came, and I came back in my office, and the coffee cup was still there, and, and I started doing some uh, office work, and, and just in the zone as I was, I, I, I picked up uh, the coffee cup that was next to me and took a little swig, all right? And all of a sudden, what I thought was going to be a warm sensation was a cold, nasty, uh, spike of terror and uh and, and I you know the gag reflex initiated and there's something about like cold rotten coffee that just makes you feel like uh, terrible and 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 all and all of us and all of a sudden you know, I, I pull my trash can spit it out you know all dramatic and 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 I think that our, our body is kind of like this on the external on the outside it had a designer sleeve Starbucks sleeve right on the outside the cup looked clean and it looked fantastic and it looked totally usable and drinkable but on the inside, it was toxic. Many of us here today, on the external, we've got it together. Designer, we've got the right sleeves, we've got the right lids. But on the inside, you're dying. All right, I'll ask you the question, how healthy is your soul? So go with me to Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 28. And I am thrilled uh, to go through this and, and encourage you in what God had set up as one of his original his original design, okay? This is the beginning of all scripture as God is speaking things into existence. Verse 28, scripture says, and God blessed them. God blessed them. Did you know that you are blessed? You are blessed. Speaking of Adam and Eve, God blessed them. What does blessing mean? It means that you have the favor of Almighty God. We, have, we are blessed to be a blessing. Everything that I'm about to talk about, we can do, not because of our grit, not because of our ability, but because we are blessed by Almighty God. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And God gave four elements of a healthy soul. And I'm going to share number one with you. This is the first element that God gave as a healthy soul. And God blessed them. He gave them a command. He gave them stuff to rule. The first thing is responsibility responsibility. Write that down if you're taking notes. Element number one of a healthy soul is responsibility, as it's coming up on the screen. Responsibility. And here, and here it is, if you want to write this down. Because I am blessed, I am dependent on, and I am contributing to something beyond myself. God placed Adam, God placed uh, eventually Eve in, in an environment, right, of pure bliss, but also an environment where he gave them a responsibility. Have you ever found in life when you're dependent on, your joy level is just a little bit higher, your fulfillment level is just a little bit higher, and there's something interesting in our culture where there's a resistance to responsibility and an obsession with our rights. 
Did you know that you're going to have to give up some rights in order to gain responsibility? Oftentimes in, in our culture, we resist responsibility because maybe we're afraid that we can't, we can't pull through. Maybe it's because we, our obsession is with comfort. But the truth is, God gave an environment for a healthy a soul within a space of responsibility. Well, let me ask you this question. What has God given you responsibility over in your life? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's something that you've been neglecting. Responsibility is a key element to the health of your soul. So let me ask you this question. Who is depending on you? What are you contributing toward beyond yourself? If you don't know the answer to that question, that may be a reason why you feel that little bit of internal turmoil. God gave us responsibility for our benefit. Uh, number two, and, uh, and I, can't wait, I, I can't wait to get to this. Number two, Genesis 2, verse 2. Genesis 2, verse 2. And it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And on the seventh day, he rested. He what? He rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Number two, element for a healthy soul is this. Write this down if you're taking notes. It is rest. It is rest. The name of Noah, one of the most notable characters in all of scripture, it is rest or grace. God's rest and his grace was on Noah. But yet Noah was a pretty hard worker, wasn't he? I want to ask you the question, how are you experiencing and cultivating rest? When was the last time that you just created space and time for yourself to be at rest? I'll tell you what rest is. Rest, you know, you can rest and work, but you cannot rest and worry. Okay? How are you dealing with worry? Rest and responsibility go hand in hand this way. Let me ask you this. How many of you are at work? Okay, and I've been there and I get here time, time and time again when I'm at work and all I can think about is what I need to do at home, right? And all I can think about is what, what people are saying to me over text. And then whenever I get home, all I can think about is what I need to do at work. And then when I go to bed at night, all I can think of is how I didn't get enough done and how I'm so frustrated. Then I can barely sleep. And then when I finally wake up, I'm, all, I'm saying, oh, I couldn't even get enough sleep. That is called the rest responsibility cycle. If we aren't resting well, we can't be responsible well. I want to ask you the question, how are you doing with rest? God created the Sabbath for rest. And did you know that you can synonymously rest and serve? Rest isn't something that we necessarily uh, enter in, in a sense, but it's something that we, as followers of Jesus, can live from. Do you have vacation time this year? Have you scheduled time away to get away? Can you trust God with your occupation enough to rest? Whenever we rest, did you know that God goes to work? I found in times in life that my, when I step away for a, a time in ministry and put people in responsibility in places where I've been serving and, and, and have been uh, and delegating and looking over, when I step away and take some space to rest, 
I come back with a stronger ministry in place. What would happen if you modeled that in your family? Do you want your children to believe that life is all about work, 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 should have bought a Honda? You know what I mean? God designed us for rest. And what happens is when we are living from rest, we can work really, really well. And that's what I want for you. And that's how God designed it for you. Amen? Number, number three. And Gen- I'm going to read this from Genesis 2, chapter 16 through 17. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You will certainly die. You will certainly die. God said, hey, I've given you all this, but I don't want you to touch this. I'm setting on you a restriction. Number three is restriction. God created restriction for your soul to prosper. I want to ask you the question, what are the boundaries in your life? Do you have clarity of boundaries in your life? If you don't know the boundaries, I'm just going to tell you, you don't have them. What are the boundaries that are set up in your life? Number three is I have healthy boundaries in place and they are active. I am disciplined in what I watch, say, eat, drink, listen to, and who I spend time with. Did you know that there are people in your, your life, if you don't set up some restriction with them, that they will suck the life clean out of you? There's some, there are people in your life that are vampires. And guess what? By the spirit of the living God, we can still hug our vampires. But we, from time to time, we got to get away or they're going to suck the life clean out of us. We got to set up some restriction with some of the negative people in our life so that we can cultivate health in our soul, so that we can give to the ones that need life from us. Let me ask you this question. What are you letting in your soul as far as music, TV, movies, right? And and I'm saying God didn't set up restriction to keep you out. God set up restriction to funnel you into your destiny because God knows a little bit more than we do. And we know this is what happened with Adam and what happened with Eve is the boundaries were pushed. His, uh, our, we, as human beings, we wanted to take control in and of ourselves. And, and then there goes and there follows the fall of mankind. And, and I want to ask you the question before, <laughs> out of love, how is the restriction operating in your life? God doesn't restrict you to keep you boxed up, but God restricts you to elevate you. Number four, number four, if you're taking notes, Genesis 2, chapter 18. I love this. And the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground out of all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky and he brought to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called them, the living creature, that was their name. And I read a little bit too far, but scripture says, God is saying, it is not good for man to be what? 
It is not good for man to be. It is not good for man to be alone. Very good. And it's in Jesus. God is not saying. God's not saying. It's not good for man to be single. That's not what it's saying. It's saying it's not good for man to be alone. God created us for number four, relationship. Relationship. I'm going to ask you this question. What is the quality of your relationship? Scripture is so clear. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All the law and the prophets hang on one thing. And it's a relational command. Relationship with God, but also relationship with people. Number four is I am, have, I am hearing from God daily and I am active in investing presence with time and family. Did you know that you can invest time with friends and family, but you're not investing your presence? Did you know that you can invest time in the house of God, but your presence isn't here? Did you know that you can be here physically but your presence is on your feed. How are you doing with presence? How are you doing with relationship? Do you neglect relationship? Many of us neglect relationship for this one purpose because if people know the real me, I may be pushed away. If I let somebody too close, they're gonna know the frailty and the faults in my heart of my life and I'm gonna be rejected again. I'm here to tell you that you can never really experience love to its fullest unless people know your flaws, they know your failures, and they love you all the same way. That's the church of the living God. It's not put on your best and say your best speech and be some sort of plastic Christianity. No, that's not what it's about. That's never what it's been about. It's been about showing up and letting yourself be seen. Because when you're loved for who you are, you can feel belonging like never before. And that's what God wants for you. You don't have to hide anymore. Adam, Eve in the garden, they didn't have to hide. For God was coming and looking after me. God is asking, why are you hiding? Where, where are you? And Adam was hiding out of shame. And I'm here to encourage you today. Many of you have been living in shame for far too long. And I'm believing today in Jesus' name that that's going to be broken. God's going to bring health to your soul. And yeah, I mean, I, I've given you some, some strategies, but here in just a moment, I'm going to take it to the spiritual level and I'm going to believe and we're going to believe for breakthrough in the name of Almighty God. Will you stand with me as I close? And it was just this last summer, I was sitting in the coffee shop and spending time with my friend Yubi as he was telling me about his dreams. And Yubi is a was a three-time cancer survivor. And Yubi was telling me and dreaming with me about his nonprofit of how he wants to help leukemia patients and give people opportunities that never had them. Leukemia has affected his life and he had felt a little bit of pain. But Yubi in that coffee shop was shifting that pain and he was utilizing it for the purpose of Almighty God. I'll tell you, when I spent time with Yubi, he's one of those people that I sat down with and I could feel the presence of God in that space. And Yubi just, just a few days ago went to be with Jesus and lost his fight to cancer. And, and Yubi had established things and Yubi had touched so many lives. And Yubi died, you know, may not have been standing up on the outside, but he was standing up on the inside.
and you be, my friend. He, he may not have been healthy on the outside, but I tell you what, by the power of the living God and his soul, he was healthy on the inside. And I'm here to declare to you that there may be conflict on the outside. There may be conflict in your soul. There may be conflict in your life. There may be conflict in your work. There may be conflict in your mind. But I believe by the power of the living God, it can be well with your soul in Jesus' name. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. David declared, it is well with my soul. I may not feel it, but I'm going to declare it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to right now, we're going to declare whether you feel it or not, that breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. You may feel like you're in a dark space, but I'm here to declare that breakthrough is coming. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Would you lift your hands all across this place and let's sing it out with all we got. Thank you for taking time to tune in to today's message. City Life Church is all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture. Now, maybe you're feeling like there is a shift coming or possibly deep down inside you feel called to something more. Well, Launch Sunday is coming up on February 10th. And if you would like to be a part of what God is doing here in downtown Fort Worth, I encourage you to visit our website at citylifefw.org or attend one of our services. Beginning on February 10th, services will be at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 noon. I truly believe the future is bright and limitless in potential, and I look forward to seeing you soon.